Hey guys, welcome to Free Life Chapel. I'm Alicia, and we are so excited that you have decided to tune in with us today. Let's connect. Drop a comment below or visit us online at our website at freelifechapel.org. But for now, I am so excited. Are you excited? We have an amazing message in store for you today. Let's check it out. Today I want to talk to you about something I would just call the space of grace. The space, space of grace. You know, it's, space is really important in our world. How many of you know you need more space in your closet? Just let that thought settle in for a second. It's kind of funny, the older you get, if you ever go house shopping, the first thing you want to see is not the kitchen. I don't need to, I don't see the living room. Mm -mm -mm. Show me the closet space. I need to know, is there room for her sho uh, my, uh, the shoes? Is there room for the boxes of heels? I am. I'm coming. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever made extra room at the table? Somebody just showed up unexpected, and you're like, come on, we'll make room. And you're pulling a chair in, everyone's scooting down, right? And you're, you're making room for someone to hang with you. Yeah, that, that's nice. How many of you know when you eat dinner or eat, eat, eat lunch, you always leave room for dessert? Oh, some of y'all ain't going to admit that for nothing. That's okay. Well, you're probably not going to admit this either. That's why we wear, wear spanks is to make rooms to get the shirt on. But anyway, it's, 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 just, it's just stuff that helps us make room, right? We need things to help us, help us make room. Well, I'm, 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 I'm glad to tell you that it's not just in our regular world. But, but the truth is this. God has always been involved in making more room for your life. Life will close in on you and the pushback, the enemy of your soul is out to limit the reality of your experience in life. God made you to live larger than life. Life comes and issues and things come at us to try to hem and lock us in. You probably remember uh, this, this group of people called the Israelites or the nation of Israel. And all through the Bible, we have stories of God interacting with those that he called his people. And we see early on in the book of Exodus that they actually went into Egypt, into bondage in Egypt. And the word Egypt itself actually means a place of limitation or a small place. And they were held for 400 years, locked in, unable to become who, what the promises of God were over their life. There was more that they should have been living for, but they weren't experiencing everything had been promised. Anybody ever felt like there was always more than where you are right now? There's supposed to be something more, something greater, something, right? We, we, we've all been there. In fact, that's why the whole book in the Bible is called Exodus, because it was where God brought them out of a small place to take them into a large place. God hates when you get confined in life. God doesn't want your mind locked in. God doesn't want your finances locked in. God doesn't want you shut down in talents and abilities and expression of joy. God wants the laugh on the inside to be loud and bold and flowing. He wants you to be in a large space, not a small space. And we see this throughout the word of God. In fact, the backstory of the nation of Israel is they were always going through these highs and lows. 
God's working with them. God extends his love. He makes his promises. They say, hey, it sounds good. Then they go out and they do just the opposite. Anybody ever feel like you probably are part of the nation of Israel also? Okay, the three of you. Thank you very much. I, 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 I've been there. Like, like, I hear good stuff and then I find myself doing this. Go, why am I doing this when I could be living this? Okay, because I know who I'm talking to. Don't make me come down there. They will turn all these lights on and I will step and sit right beside you. That, that's all of us in this room. That's every single one of us in this room. We all know better than how we live. Ain't nobody got to tell you nothing. You know where you went wrong. That's why you don't need me to pounce on you and throw an elbow from the top rope. You know already. Like, I know, no Friday night. You don't understand Friday night. Like, twice Friday night, I did something. Like, okay. We, we, we get that, but, but, but God gets it too. But here's what's amazing. In the middle of our ups and downs and flakiness and here and there and back and forth, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, with all of that going on, God says, and I love you. Now, people will up and bail like, you crazy. They're gone. There's people that you've walked away from. I tried. They just don't, that, that, up and out. But, but, but the love and the reach of God is always, always moving forward. There's a, there's a guy, in fact, there's a book in the Bible named after him. His name is Ezra. The book of, the, the book of Ezra is actually a, a, a collection of a, a, a time period where Israel had been, they had come out of Egypt, and they also then went into the captivity. Another nation had taken them over because of their disobedience called Babylon. So the Babylonian captivity, and then the Babylonians went away, and then the Persians came in, and so now they're, they're, they're in, uh, imprisoned and enslaved under the Persians. So Israel's got all this craziness going on, and the book of Ezra, this, this guy Ezra is a priest, and he's trying to declare and remind all of Israel, look, I know you've jacked things up, but God's still for you. And I know you went sideways, but his plan is still solid. And I know you bailed on God, but he says that his commitment to you is not going anywhere. He's for you and not against you. You cannot push him away hard enough to make him leave you alone. He's in this game with you. And so Ezra is writing, and it's the account of God regathering the Jews after they had walked away from him and their struggle to survive once they come back and rebuilding so they can experience all this. They were still God's people even when they were doing crazy. And God was saying, I've not forgotten you. Even though you're doing stupid, I'm still here with you. And so the whole book is about God showing Israel his grace. Everyone just say that word. Say grace. Isn't that a beautiful word? Grace. It makes you want to sit beside a candle in a nice comfy recliner with a cup of coffee in your hand and a comforter across your legs. Grace. That's Grace is that loving, warm, embracing, ah, everything's going to be all right. That, that's exactly what God is doing. I'm going to show you that, 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 that my grace is still here for you and that I'm going to bring you back. My grace is going to bring you back to your place and your position in life. As crazy as you have gone, the nuts things you have done, I'm bringing you back to everything I told you I was going to give you. My grace is going to do this for you. But I don't deserve it, which is the whole idea of grace. 
Uh, let's, we're, we're, let's talk about that. Uh, Ezra chapter 9, verse 8. So here's Ezra talking to Israel. So Israel had been crazy. Israel had checked out, doing all kinds of stupid. They were in bondage. And in the, watch this, in the middle of the bondage, in the middle of the difficulty, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of all of that, here's what God told this man, Ezra. Speak this to my people. Put this in their ears and remind them I'm not built on them like their friends, their family. I, I'm still here. Listen to what this is. Ezra 9 verse 8 but now for a brief moment grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us an, an escaped remnant and to give us a peg in his holy place so that our God may enlighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage he says this he says God is giving us a space of grace. Would everyone shout a space of grace? God, God is giving everybody today, not just Israel then, God is giving you a space of grace in order to, for there to be those who will say yes to his plan. And even in the middle of your difficulty, he's going to bring, he's going to put a peg in his holy place. I'm going to describe that to you in a minute. And he's going to enlighten your eyes. I'll describe it to you in a little minute. So he can bring you back to life while you're still in your bondage, your difficulty, your struggle, the thing you do not like. There's still some joy in the midst of it. And the promises of God planted in the middle of your struggle right now can turn this whole thing around for your life. I came with an announcement today. You're not stuck. Tell your neighbor, you are not stuck. You are not stuck. I love this because here's what God basically does. He weaponizes his grace. I'm turning grace into a weapon. I need you to get the cute, cuddly, furry little rabbit with big floppy ears. I need you to get that out of your mind when it comes to grace. I want you to put pit bulldog stuff on top of this grace right here. I want you to, I want you to see him. I want you to see stuff like dripping off his jaws. I, I want you to see a spike. I want you to see a collar around his neck. That's the grace of God looking at you, and he's coming for you. He's not your enemy. He's coming to attack everything that's trying to hold you back he's going to push back on the oppression and push back on the limits and give his people another chance that's what God was saying here in fact the word grace it's not a real sexy definition but it just is what it is it's hard to describe but basically is this when we get what we don't deserve when we get what we don't well then what's mercy when you don't get what you did deserve I am. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Mercy is when you did not get what you do deserve. I mean, some of y'all should probably be a part of that prison campus from the other side, but you're, you're not that. Thank God you're not there right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's called mercy. Grace is here saying, I want you to live a life better than what you even deserve right now. How am I going to get that? My love is for you. You don't understand. It's reckless love. I think we just sang about that. It's a, I've got reckless. I'll climb every mountain. I'll, I'll, I'll light the place up. I'll destroy lies. I'll throat punch hell. Whatever it's got. I'm coming after you. I'm for you. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad about you let's do life I know you're acting crazy I know you got a struggle but in the midst of your difficulty I'm telling you I'm giving you a space of grace to walk this thing out we're going to turn this mother out that's what he's saying grace 
when I don't deserve his plans, when I don't deserve his love, when I don't deserve his help anymore because I, I've done that. that. That's why the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning because I wore them out the day before. He's got to give me a whole new benefit package every day, right? I don't deserve his thoughts. But see, we've got to begin to put his thoughts back in order. His thoughts are not against you. His thoughts are for you. I don't deserve his involvement, but he's been more involved in my life than my spouse, than my son, than this church, than my friends, than, than, than social media. He is all involved in my world, and I don't even see it sometimes. Why would he do that? Because his grace, his grace is for you. His grace is completely involved, turned into a weapon against the things of your life. I've got good news for you. This, this grace, this declaration was not just in Ezra's day thousand years, thousands of years ago. It's alive for us today because the apostle Paul, uh, this guy who was like the quarterback of Christianity, we talk about him. He wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. Here he is. He's writing and he's letting us know it wasn't just in Ezra, y'all, because it wasn't just in that time. It's not about the man who declared it. It's about the God who gave the man the declaration. And that God is still alive and he's your God. His name is Jehovah. And so he says, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 7, to each one of us grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ to each one of us grace has been given there's grace all over your life excuse me would you please you, you got grace on, on your lip would you just kind of wipe that off you, you got grace all over you you don't understand you're you're wet in grace you're dripping in grace I'm dripping in you you, you it's it's all over you you're just graced up that's who you are everyone in this room all of you watching online you are a living product of the grace of God you have no reason to still be sucking air the reason you're still sucking air is because God exhaled so you can inhale that's why you're here right now you would have lost your mind a long time ago you would have derailed you would have quit and bailed out no reason for you to have peace after all the hell you've been through and you're still here in your right mind most of us in our right mind it's amazing what happens when the grace of God is engaged in our life that's why your home is still there that's why you still have this crazy hope despite everything you've been through. Something will not let you quit. What is that? It's the grace of God that is reaching, that is fighting on your behalf. Everyone in this room is a product of the grace. Whether you're a Christ follower or not, it doesn't matter. Grace was reaching before you ever reached back. You've got to understand the power of his grace. And in the words of our sister Megan Trainer, it's all about that grace, about that grace. About... That's exactly what I'm telling you today. I'm sorry, I, some, I, I shouldn't say everything that comes to my mind, but I'm just trying to help somebody today. <laughs> Ephesians 4 says that grace is a gift. Can't buy it, you can't earn it. Can't be good enough for it. God's crazy about you, you're stuck with it. Romans 5 says grace calls God to love us even while we were still sinners jacked up screwed up thinking all kinds of crazy stuff doing even crazier stuff and his love is for you and jesus gave his life titus chapter 3 says that grace justifies us before god what's the word justify me just as if i'd never sinned when god looks at you when god looks at me because we gave him our lives he sees nothing about your past nothing about where you've been all he sees is his love and his forgiveness and his plan and his future for your life justified the bible says grace does that 
Hebrews chapter 4 says that grace gives us access to God. Approach his throne boldly. We can receive grace to help in the time of need. You've got full access to the very throne room of God to walk in there and talk to him heart to heart, face to face, and tell him, I need you today. He says, I heard that. I've got grace to help you with that. This grace is just full of love. In fact, Titus chapter 2 says that grace empowers you and I to live a holy life. Yes, you can. I can't do it. Yes, you can. No, I really can't. Okay, either you or the Bible are lying. Which one? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. This is the power of grace. In fact, I would put it this way. God's grace on your life is pregnant with change, advance, a new start, a level that you've never experienced. In fact, I need you to get out of your mind well, there was a time when things were, I was a whole lot better in my walk with Jesus, so at least I'm going to go back there. Oh, no, 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 no. It's time to break a ceiling and go beyond anything you've ever experienced in him. A reality of the relationship with God that completely rescripts your entire life. It's critical that we understand it through his eyes. Ezra declared, watch this, Ezra declared this word, this verse, to oppose and reverse their situation while they were still in it. So I'm especially talking to folks who are really jacked up right now. I'm telling you, there's a space of grace in your jacked up situation. In the middle of your being struggle, in the struggle and thinking it's over, it's, it's always going to be this way, it's been this way for five years, and this is the way I, I came to declare to you in the middle of the situation, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the lack, in the middle of the bad report, that God is for you and he's giving you a space of grace to turn this thing around. It's not over. There is a way out of where you are. I'm declaring a space of grace over Free Life Chapel. I'm declaring a space of grace over your family, over your business, over your mind, over your body, over your finances, over your health, over your future, over Lakeland, over Central Florida, over our nation. There is a space of grace that we can see his love transform and turn things in our life. Anybody ready for that? Yes, you see that space of grace is it's your wiggle room. Just got to feel yourself move sometime. I love it. I saw a little boy over here just go like that when I did that. I just, there's, it just wiggle. It's, it's your breathing room. <sighs> just, I need some room. I need, you ever, you ever been sitting in a crowded car? Would y'all just scoot over? I need some room. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, we need room. That's exactly what his grace does. An opportunity to start over again, to move forward. Because this space of grace will totally change our situation. Tomorrow doesn't have to look like today. Oh, someone needs to hear that right now. Tomorrow doesn't have to look like today. It can be a whole new world because you see, here's what happens. Grace changes me inside before it ever changes anything on the outside. Once grace invades my life and I see things through his eyes and his perspective and I begin to embrace who he is, all of a sudden I approach life different. I approach crazy people different. I approach my family different. I approach troubles different because I see that, but his grace is bigger. And I heard the news, but his grace is bigger. And I decided to allow the worship to drown out the news so his grace is bigger in my life. It's whoever and whatever you highlight, whatever is the biggest in your life rules and dominates in your life. And 
And so when we, grace makes him large, and so our past doesn't have to look like, our, or our future doesn't have to look like our past. It begins to go away. Grace, grace steps in and it slaps your struggle and it assigns an expiration date to the limitation in your life. And all of a sudden, I begin to escalate my life and I begin to expect more in my world. And grace then gives me room to believe again. Grace gives me the room to try again, to laugh again, to step again, to hope again, to start again. Grace, when his grace invades my life, everything changes. God's, God's grace is my opportunity for a comeback in life. And every one of us in different seasons of our life need to be reminded that God's grace is for you, that he's not against you. That's, that's why we launched our Imagine Project last week. Imagine last week is all about us literally stepping into a prison system and shoving grace through the bars and just completely invading the atmosphere with he loves you and he's crazy about you. Get your eyes off the bars and get back on your future because God is not finished with your life. These bars did not shut you down. God's grace can reach you where you are and transform your heart and do amazing. If Paul can write so much of the Bible from behind bars while he's in prison, what could God do through these men, through women who have found themselves in a situation they don't like, but his grace is is still more than enough in the lobby last Sunday and I'm not going to mention names because I, they're, they're probably here again today but in the lobby on Sunday I was approached by two different men not together separately as soon as I got out in the lobby last week a man came up to me he said this is my first Sunday here I said man it's good to have you he's tatted up he had tats on top of his tats do you understand he put ink on top of ink it was everywhere up across his head, every, I mean, everywhere. You, you, I, I, okay, I probably identified him. But anyway, just uh, good to have you, brother. I'm so glad. you know. I, I love it. I love it. Like, this is Free Life Chapel right here, poster child Free Life, because that's who we just, it, it's every spectrum. We love everybody. It's great. But he looked at me and he says, my first Sunday here. I said, man, I'm glad you're here. What a Sunday to come. He said, yeah, I just got out of prison in June, June 1st. I said, oh, dude, oh, man, especially of a cool Sunday to be here. He said, yeah, I served 28 years. I said, dude, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome to 2.0 of your world. Let's go. Let's lean in and do life. He had tears flowing down his face, and as soon as Tony finished the story, he ran up and connected with Tony, and he and Tony exchanged numbers. And now Tony, who gave his testimony up here last week, they're leaning in together, and Tony's going to be helping and encouraging him through that. What's going on? The church declared grace. Tony's message was full of grace. Tony's reaching with grace. It's all about that grace, about that grace. Back. It's, it's that grace thing. Another gentleman approached me. He said, I'm just moved here from out west. He said, my first Sunday here, been to prison, had all kinds of things rehab but I'm here all of a sudden on a first Sunday and it happens to be the Sunday we're talking about how God can reach you where you are even in prison and God can change your life ladies and gentlemen can I tell you what's happening there's a setup of grace in the place God is invading lives and pushing things back I'm giving a space of grace for folks to catch a breath of hope again and believe that there's an opportunity to move forward so that's what this prison camp uh, campus is it's us giving a space of grace behind bars 
cars. Sundays at Free Life Chapel is a space of grace in this room. I don't know what you heard all week long, but when you get in here, we want to remind you God loves you and he's for you and got a plan for you. There's a space to breathe and to believe again. That's why the blend on Wednesday nights is a space of grace for our teenagers and our young people to realize that they don't have to run the way that culture is screaming, but there is a way, there is the truth, there is the life, and he's for them and loves them and has an amazing plan. There's grace in the middle of that. You that are watching online, our online campus, I'm shoving grace all up inside that screen right now. Whether on your phone, iPad, your PC, wherever you are, I'm telling you there's grace to reach us. That, that We've got to make it loud, make it broad. Without grace, our message is empty. We need to elevate the grace of God again because everyone is still sucking air because if God be for you, who can be against you? You're going to make it. Everything is going to be all right. In fact, grace is simply heaven's defibrillator to bring your heart back again. Reminds you what life is really all about. Ezra 9, 8. Let me, let me just break down a couple of these things and we'll get out of here. We're all going to five guys. It's going to be great today. I want a double. Amen. Come back to church. Some of y'all already left in your mind. Come back, come back, come back, come back. No grace at five guys. Only grace here. So stay here for a minute. Check this, check this. But now for a brief moment, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us, look, an escaped remnant and to give us a peg in his holy place. There's two things that grace is doing. Number three, so that our God may enlighten our eyes. Number three, and grant us a little reviving. Where? In our bondage. It's not after it's over. That means I get new life now. He's going to put some heaven inside my hell. I'm going to breathe while the air is being sucked out of the room. I'm going to be breathing just fine. There's a storm. There's a hurricane blowing in my house, and I'm living in the eye of the storm. Hey, it's calm right here. It's all good. He's going to put us in that place. Look, this is how God weaponizes his grace. First thing he says, I'm going to give a remnant a way of escape. There is a way out. There's a, a break is possible. In fact, miracles are going to happen to open these doors and make a way out. I know you feel stuck and it's been this way for 10 years and your family went through the same thing and you're now in the same situation that your last generation was, but someone's got to turn this generation. Why not you? Why not you start a whole new trajectory for your family and for your bloodline and show your kids, I know it's been that way, but this is a special generation. We're going to turn this whole thing around because of the grace of God that is operating in our life. There is a place, a way of escape. There's a way out. Number two, he says, I'm going to put a peg in the holy place. Your peg. What in the world does that mean? The picture was, Ezra was talking about a tent peg that is driven in the ground that secures the house, secures the tent. But watch this. The peg is going to be in the holy place. In other words, he's saying this, you're going to be safe. You're going to be solid, established 
in God's presence. Not in your money, not because people know your name, not because you got prestige or you own 2.3 kids. It doesn't matter what's happening out there. But when you get in God's presence, when you rest in who he is, it doesn't matter what storm blows your way. I know that I'm loved and I know that he's for me and I know that his promises are yes and amen. And whatever he's got to do to make these circumstances match his word, he'll do it because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If God said that I'm healed and the report says this, then the healing is about to hit my life. Something is going to flip and change because let God be true and let every man be a liar. Whose report will you believe? I will build my life on the report of the Lord. His grace is enough to get me through this. So as a way of escape, number one, grace then gives me security in his presence. No fear. I'm living confident. Mm. I remember you back in the past. That was then. This is now. How you like me now? Hey. Number three, he's going to enlighten our eyes. He's bringing your vision back. He's bringing your hope back. Oh, that's what life is. All of that's coming back. And then he says this, some reviving in your bondage, new life. You're going to get your fight back. You're going to get your victory. You're going to wake up your faith and believe again like you had stopped believing. A fresh reality of he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. We, we, we need, to, we need to, to marinate in that in our life and let grace come alive. Because when this happens, three things happen. Living in God's grace does this. Number one, number one, if I'm going to live, I've got to receive it. We've got to stop pushing back on it. We've got to just say, look, he just loves me. That's how it is. I'm just going to say yes to it and just swallow it up. I'm going to live this grace. I'm going to talk to you about how we do that in just a minute. But I got, I got, a, got a, in my heart, I say yes. Come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I'm saying yes to you. Invade my life. Let that love be more of a reality than even the breath in my body right now. I want to know you. So number one, I've got to receive it. Number two, then after I've received his grace, now I give his grace. You see, I can't just take it and not give it. If I have received it, then I need to turn around and give grace to others. Oh, you and I become a living model, a picture of grace at work and a picture of grace in our home and a picture of grace in our community. We live this grace to others. That's why Colossians chapter 4 says this, let your talk always be with grace. That wherever I go, I'm extending undeserved favor on someone's life. What you holding the door for me for? You ever done something nice and people got suspicious? I, went, I was in the gym the other day, and I was in the car, in, 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 the, in the, 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 the abs section where you're doing all the, the cardio, cardio and, and, and it was just a mess. It was a mess. They had tires laying everywhere and sleds. I'm like, what? does anybody work here? And so I decided to work there for free. And so I started picking up tires, and I'm rolling them over here. You would, I mean, it took, me, it took me several minutes, and I'm trying to push everything away. I had to fix the place. Grace comes in and helps to put order back in the place again. That I just do, because when you do that, some people look at you like, it's called grace. I can do it because I've received so much, I got, I got enough to give. You get close enough to me, I'll splash grace all over you. Oh, yes, I will. I don't even have to know you. I'm going to hug you. 
it's wonderful when you get to live with no scorecard and I don't have anything waiting to go off on anybody because I'm just living by grace. And then number, number three, we, number one, we receive it. Number two, we give it. Number three, we display it at free life. This should be a place of grace. That everybody who walks in this door is loved, embraced. Well, I don't even know if they love Jesus. I didn't ask if they love Jesus. We love them. Jesus loved them before they loved him. We loved them before they, we loved you. Hey. We need to set this atmosphere up that you're loved and you're welcome. Red, yellow, black, and white, polka dot, pink, lime green, whatever color, whatever shade you identify with, that's who we love. It's what we're about. It's who we are. Even cowboy fans are welcome at Free Life Chapel. That's just, that, that's, that's how far we go. That's how far we go. Let me finish with this. I'm, 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 I'm the grace of God. Watch, 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 watch. If you're hurting today, some of you, some of you in this room, you're hurting. We do, we do so good at, you're hurt. You need a grace encounter. If, if, if you're afraid, you're lost, alone, feel stuck, you need a grace encounter today. Because the problems that you're dealing with are not external. It's not in relationships. It's not in your money. It's not in the economy, not in the government. That's not the problems in our life. The problems are our heart. And once my heart gets healed and my heart gets settled, I can handle anything in life. It's when my heart gets insecure that I start reacting to circumstances and then circumstances run my world. And I live with drama and emotion everywhere that I never should have been stepping into. But when I can have my feet on the ground because my heart is full of his love and his grace, life can blow at me and I'll weeble and I'll wobble, but I don't fall down. I'm still here. We need an encounter with his grace. So where do I find grace, Scott? Don't just tell me about it. How do I get it? Here's what it is. Number, just two things. These are really deep, so write them down. Number one, admit you need God's help. Just admit I can't fix me. I need him. Would, would everyone just say, I admit it. I can't fix me. I need God. Thank you. That's step number one. It's not about me. If I could have fixed me, I'd have fixed me a long time ago. I can't do it. So number one, admit you need his help. Number two, get under the fountain where grace is being poured out. I can promise you this. Fox News is not pouring grace out on anybody. CNN, MSNBC, uh, mm -mm, some hell, but there ain't nobody pouring grace out on nobody. Stirring all that stuff. Where do you find the fountain of grace? You find it around his people. You find it on Sunday mornings. You find it when these songs are being sung.
You find it when you're in life groups and we're dialoguing on God's word and his promises to us. It begins to build and reinforce and layer my life with, oh yeah, he's good. Because we need reminders. We forget so quickly what he's done for us. We need to put ourselves in a place where I can hear it again in our devotional, our prayer time. Am I carving out time to spend time with him? Give him five. Give him five minutes every day this week. Five minutes, not 50. Give him five. If it goes into six, good for you. You're a bonus. But if just give him five this week, five on Monday and five on Tuesday, and just rehearse his grace, his love, his promises. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't get under that fountain, every one of us will run dry of God's grace. Because I don't care how much you love him now, how long you've known him, how much scripture you can quote. I need to hear somebody else talk about his grace. And I need to see your face show up when it comes time for a grace moment. When the space of grace is needed in my life, it's because people have reminded me how good he is. And your testimony encourages me and brings me back to life. We all need a space of grace. How do you find it? Admit you need him and then get to the fountain of God's grace. Because 2 Corinthians 9, and I'm done with this, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that watch this when grace happens watch 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 so that in all things mm, at all times mm, having all that you need mm, you will abound mm, in every good work thank you it's, it's like, is there anything else you could want that's your next tat right there okay down the thigh that's a good one right there fill the whole leg up all grace abound to you in all things at all times having all that you need abound in every good work he's got you covered in his grace there's not one area of your life that is without the residue of his love and his reach for you stand to your feet if you would come on and stand to your feet God's grace yeah you can thank God for his grace I, I, that, that's a good place right there to just say thank you I, now I, I can almost hear some of you right now I can hear your thoughts you don't know how I've been living, Scott, man, if you only knew. We're not shocked. But my Bible tells me this, where sin abounds, grace does that much more. I can't out-sin his grace. Grace is not a license to go do stupid but when I find myself in places and things where I should not be, he says, yeah, I saw that, but my love is bigger. And my reach is deeper. And I'm still for you. You like me now. He's all about you. Today, I want you to get off your own back. Stop the condemnation. You see, the most, the most damaging condemnation we ever go through is not from others. It's from ourselves. We so put ourselves down. And when other folks say something about us, then we believe it because it's the second time we've heard it, not the first. Today, God wants to get that condemnation out of your heart. Stop seeing what you're doing wrong and see what he did right. He loves you and he's for you and he's all about your life. Let's pray. Father, today we are so grateful for your grace. We would not be here. We would not be breathing if it weren't for your grace. Your love, your thoughts towards us, your plan. Your, your son Jesus died because of grace so that grace would cover our entire lives. Thank you 
for that grace that is lathering and filling in, seeping in every nook and cranny of our life. Not one area of my life is untouched by your love. You're for us. And that unmerited, unearnable favor that only you can give is what keeps us alive. And it keeps hope moving. And it keeps us looking forward. That even when we mess up in our lives, your love resuscitates us and brings us back again. Thank you for grace that is throat-punching hell and putting expiration dates on the limitations in our life. That as long as we keep believing and standing, this too shall pass. Because you're good, you're faithful, and your promises are yes and amen. They're not changing. They will come to pass. Thank you for that grace that is fighting in us and for us and around us and within us. Today, God, we embrace the race. We admit, number one, we can't do life without you. We need you. I need you. I dare you to pray that prayer right now. Everybody in this room, you watching online, God, I need you in my life. I welcome you. I submit my life. I let go of everything. I'm letting go of people. I'm letting go of the past. I'm letting go of situations. I'm dropping the torch I've been carrying. I'm getting off the soapbox. I'm stopping it. It's eating me alive I'm turning it over to you it's you in my marriage it's you with my kids it's you in my money it's you in my career my mind I'm just I'm just giving it all to you I surrender I invite you in I need you heal my heart heal me from the inside out and today God I pray that you would guide and lead and direct so that we would find that fountain that overflow that would wash heaviness off of our life and release us in the next season. I speak that over my friends in this room. I speak that over those watching online right now. Those listening to this on podcast on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. I decree grace. That grace will abound in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you receive that, put those hands together today.